All right, welcome back to another episode of Champs Chats. I'm Chris, Kyle. We've got the whole squad back again after yesterday's episode. Pretty well received, I would say, for the first time of having like five people on, six people on all at once. So Jasmine, Caitlin, Dana, welcome back. To the big couch. Moved up to the the big big couch. We got the big couch now, you guys. Yes. (laughs) So now let's kind of just give people a little bit of taste of the behind the scenes of what we've been up to. Kyle, how would you sort of assess energy levels like the vibes we said vibes were high coming into day one even higher day two well i mean we have a couple breakout stars and <laughs> in the mix zone we had the handout this, our breakout rookie star of the years already going to kaylin jasmine <laughs> i mean you've never seen athletes act the way that they've acted in post-race interviews like we have seen the last couple days. Are we going to get kicked out? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it was Worlds, I feel like USA's, they know yeah. us. They're cool. You're finding the line. You're getting close to it. That's how you know, because you're a long jumper. Yeah. You know where the board is. Do you I? get up to... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the new rules? <laughs> Maybe you did in your heart. I do in my heart. You're right. So, Caitlin, like, <laughs> walk, walk us through this. Because, like, okay, so for the people listening to this and who may not be as familiar with Caitlin but are getting really familiar through your interviews this week, you've got a very loyal Twitter following. So kind of just for the Sidious Mag followers and the listeners of this, now you've jumped on to start co-hosting uh, Out of the Blocks with Jasmine. Yeah. And so we're kind of bringing you into the fold here. And we threw you right into the fire and you've been crushing it. You just kind of, I don't know, what is it like? What's the Game of Thrones uh, comparison? Just like, isn't there someone who can walk through flames or something? Well, like I told that? her that she has to do the the citrus mag blood oath. Yeah, and she was. <laughs> do you see what they're trying to point me at a cult guy? <laughs> this actually is a cult. Um, little did you know? I didn't know. I gotta go. You've already <laughs> signed up for it. So, Kayla, like, what have you made of like the day two now for you? And especially seeing the numbers just popping off. You've got a thing Mo in the mix zone saying like, "Yo, you guys got to keep this girl in front of the camera." Yeah. Oh my God. It's it's been a crazy experience to be honest. Um, like you guys know, I've never done anything like this. Never even seen professional athletes in person. So you know, it's been cool. A lot of people just keep telling me to you know be myself. Um, and Jasmine really helps out with that. You know, when you've got another, you got thing one and thing two going together. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be a time. So you know, um, and then I think we need shirts. Yeah. Okay, wait. Who's we, had, we, we had shirts today though. So for yeah. folks at home, the CS Mag crew rolled up in our Summer of Hayward shirts. <laughs> and I think we just look like campers. The bucket hats. I had we- a bucket hat on, so did Justin because <laughs> oh his God. head got extremely The banana burned. crew. Minions. <laughs> Literally. Minions. We, we was, did look like minions. We, we said we were marching off to Color War, <laughs> the yellow team, but tomorrow we're going green. We, we're going green. Well, so Caitlin, I guess back to sort of like the background on, on you for the people who aren't as familiar. Like, yeah. why is it that you have this loyal Twitter following? I'm just nice to everyone, but it's not because I'm trying to be nice to get other people to be nice to me. I just personally have this philosophy that if a lot more people in track and field were a lot more genuine and loving to each other, um, then we could just have a lot more fun in the sport. And I feel like with the people who have supported me this entire time um, are a perfect example of that. You know, you you put out love, you're going to get it back. So, yeah. 
Sprinter at Ithaca heading to Kentucky next year, but major wise, like with communications, journalism. Yeah. What? So, um, at Ithaca got two undergrad degrees, one in sports media, another one in, uh, business administration, concentration in sport management. And so at Kentucky, I'll be getting my master's in sport leadership. So I have three sports degrees, which I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, <laughs> but you know, we're just going with it. So, so you were saying that you haven't interacted with professional athletes like oh, I've this. never talked to like okay so when we got to when me and Chris got to the airport um waiting for my bags for like an hour and Justin Gatlin <laughs> just walks up to Chris and he's like hey man good luck and I'm sitting there looking like are you kidding me like you know like what is this but okay like I know athletes are just people so this stuff is normal but it, it was just so crazy that, like literally within my first hour at, at being in Eugene like I see a professional athlete well today hanging out at the Adidas house you know you got to do a podcast oh with God. Noah Lyles Grant Holloway I mean you lined them up today oh my god it was nuts so um I like anime not as I'm not as deep as Noah and Jordan man. Um, well, there was a podcast where we brought on, you know, our high school friend. Yeah, Aiden, yeah. Aiden McDuffie. Aiden, Aiden McDuffie. McDuffie, and it was Aiden McDuffie, Jordan Mann, who loves anime, and of yes. course Noah Lyles for Adidas. And you guys were talking about things that yeah. I actually have absolutely no clue what you're speaking about. For <laughs> yeah, it was a different minutes. language. Yes, it, it it was nuts, and and it got to the points where I was like oh snap we we kind of probably have to reel this in because i know they're gonna go on forever and they're also talking about things that i also don't know what's going <laughs> about. so i'm just you like oh snap it cool. but it, it was really really fun and then me and jasmine got to interview um grant holloway later on that day and that that was a great time too especially since jasmine and grant were wearing matching shirts of i'm not a world-class athlete Bought on the Sidious Mag website. Shane there you go. Well, nice she's already, she's, oh, nice she's already got, she's she's already nice got the hang of things. <laughs> yeah. This is pretty impressive. But yeah, just to kind of reel in your question, just the entire experience has been awesome. And I think honestly, just being around the rest of the Sidious Mag crew, it's seeing how fun you guys are just makes me want to um, bring that to the to the mix zone. So She was terrified of you guys, by the way. What? Really? Ooh, before we got scary here, and old. She was absolutely old. terrified. <laughs> she no was way. asking me, what is it going to be like when we get there? And I was like, yeah. girl, just like you clicked with me, you're going to click with everybody you're else. You're like, just don't Who piss Mac off. Who are you the most off? scared of? That's the question. Who are you the most scared of? Who was I most scared yeah. of? Actually, I don't know. It wasn't really, I wasn't really scared of you guys. I was scared of the other like adults in Magic Boost because they're like... <laughs> I don't know. They've been in the industry for longer, so I'm like, yeah. We're scared if I do of one, too. if I do, <laughs> if I do like one message, they're gonna be like, oh my god, your career track and field is over. Get out of here. <laughs> so. No, in fact, it's been the opposite reaction. Like people seeing your interviews, seeing everything, like it's been just nothing but positivity. So it's you know halfway through the weekend. I think I'm excited for what's what's to come in these next couple of rounds. Oh, oh yeah. something strange is coming. <laughs> oh, jeez. Should we dive in? <laughs> so let's dive into the action now, right? Today was a, you know, we're setting up for a big weekend. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of prelims on the table, but we did have some finals, which we'll get to the 100 final. I think See that's the best for last. Ooh, la, la. Make sure the audience sticks around. Yeah. Please stick around. <laughs> we have much to talk about. Where should we start? Let's. Uh, yesterday we started with the men's 800. You know, we had the rounds of the 800 here once again. So why not start with the men's 800 meter round? And so 
Fastest time of the day, Brandon Miller, 146.20 in the final section because the way that it played out in the first two section in the first section was Brandon Kidder and Isaiah Harris of the Brooks Beast go 1-2, 146.62 and 146.72 for those guys. Jonah Kowich snags the auto qualifier out of that one. So that left Sidious Mag's number one fan, Cade Flat. On Devastating. The, in the, well, he was in the bubble position for a bit. Then uh, Creighton Carraza from Texas was was right there as well. And 147, it was, it's really it's a strong time, but you know it, it really came down to the second heat. Brandon Miller pushing it from the front that made it a fast heat. Eric Sawinski and Baylor Franklin end up getting the, the small qualifying marks out of that, bumping out Kate Flat. So Hopple and Clayton Murphy... Once again, just kind of checking boxes, adv- safely advancing to the next round, and it's it's going to be a good one. What were your sort of big so, takeaways? So, I think first off, the Brooksby's, Brandon, Isaiah ran like veterans. Mm-hmm. I think it, every time those guys show up at USA's, you can't count them out. They're they really know how to get through the rounds. On the topic of Cade, obviously devastated to see our boy not make it through. I will say that he ran like a high schooler at times, and he knows he made some tactical errors. It's tough to say. We love him for it. You know, he thought he had the best kick in the field. I feel like he really did. Two hundred to go. He was just he made too many moves to get so many needed to be, and that's the learning experience. And that's why you go to the NCAA and you figure that stuff out because he hasn't been he's been racing the clock. Yeah. So, um, and notably, Isaiah Jewett, you know, on the U.S. Olympic team in the 800, not his best day, hasn't looked like himself from last year. So that was kind of my kind of biggest overall takeaway from this men's 800. He was, he was the one, I guess, guy that you would have expected definitely to make it through that we lost. But it's brutal to go from semis to finals in the mm-hmm. eight. Now, the guy, Brandon Miller. He's the one to watch, I think. Here, here's he Mills track star. He didn't win NCAAs. It's like, what? He didn't win NCAAs. a Hafi is so good. Like, And I know that you know he's Moroccan, so maybe fans weren't super familiar with who he was or how fast he ran. But like, the kid ran 143 and yeah. like won NCAAs. So Brandon not being the NCAA champ, I'm not going to hold it against him, especially because I don't know if we have – Three guys right now who are ready to run 143 in the U.S. Maybe in a couple of weeks' time, but I don't. You know, you're going up against top top talent in the NCAA. Yeah, I I talked to Brandon about sort of like okay, so now how do you play out this final in your head? Because you know, there's no Donovan in the race. He's done because he's got his spot secured. So the big question mark here was Isaiah Jewett is typically the front runner who's going to push it from, you know, the front of the race. And, uh, that's what a front runner does. And (laughs) I caught myself there. You can tell we're recording this really late. Um, so now he's out and I said to him, I was like, so does that mean it's going to be you? And he was like, yeah, well, he's gotta be, he doesn't have the standard. He doesn't have the standard. So him and Sawinski are two guys that are going to probably work together in some way it's not a 1500 where you've got multiple laps to kind of maneuver things and and see how it plays out it's you know these two guys have to be up in the front yeah so 145.2 is the time that we need mm-hmm. and by we i mean it's us it's the track and field fans yeah, we Brandon. need it we need to see uh, Sawinski go out and get it because he's paced these fast times at the world level so it would feel very natural for him to be out he's the he's run under 145 
yeah. plenty, and we can pull up the tracker. He's done it plenty of times. The way I see this unfolding is Brand's going to take it out. Swincy's sitting in the pocket, and if at any moment the pace falters, Eric is there to to take over, keep it honest. And I think if you're Bryce Hopple, if you're Clayton, if you're Brandon, if you're Isaiah, you're just saying, like, I'll see you guys the last 200. Are those your predicts? I, in terms of picks, because we got to pick three. If uh, I have to, yeah. So Brazier already threw. Mm-hmm. So we, we do you get, get four. three more. Um, I think, I mean, it's like relatively safe is the the Hopple Murphy Harris trio. Yeah. I mean, it's the guys with, yeah, champ- like the most championship experience, I think. Yeah. Can I ask what time you guys think it's going to take to win it? Uh, I mean, it is going to, I think all three guys have to, will definitely I think it'll be, be a world standard championship sure. standard race. Yeah. I think uh, Brandon Miller, though, I think he could really sneak on this team, mess things up a little bit, and just I, wants it a little bit more than the other guys who haven't been on a team. I definitely agree, though, because when I got a chance to talk to him yesterday, like, he's coming for a big cue, like, he told me straight up that his mindset's completely different than how he went in last year. Last year, he's just like, I'm just happy to be here. I'm I'm this cute little kid, and I'm just going to put my uniform on a race. And this year, he's like, no, like I want to be on the team. I want that big cue. So if he sneaks in, it's definitely not going to be a surprise. But he still does it with a smile on his face. Definitely does. I, I, said, I said to him, I was like, I mean, like, you're obviously a competitor. You're on this revenge tour of sorts. Granted how like NCAA's turned out. It's like, so how do you go about actually like becoming mean and like locked in he was like oh yeah i mean it's a just a switch that i have to flip he's like and i learned it from watching clayton murphy really yeah wow that's interesting because he's just the 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 few years older so yeah. you know brandon came up looking at clayton yeah in a similar way i forget who oh you were standing right next to me when i was talking to randolph ross about like oh what was it that you were like joking around with uh with Michael Norman towards the end of the race. And he said, well, it's like, I was going to see, like, do you want to take this one? And it's something we talked about yesterday. It was like, oh, you know, like, it's kind of like not respecting your elders, but in, in a sense, but just, it's like, oh, this person, like, uh, you know who they are. Like, they, you can have this one because it's not about winning or it's just about advancing. And it, the way he was talking about Michael Norman made him sound a little bit like, he was like, he's looked up to him as, since he was a kid. And I was like, you guys are like four years apart. I don't think right? he has like a poster on no. his, his childhood bedroom wall or anything. But the, generally, the guys who are like Secretly three years older than you, like you come in, you're a freshman yeah. in high school or college, and you're looking at the seniors. So sometimes those guys who are just like half a generation ahead of you yeah. are the biggest inspiration. I think the other thing is too is just like when you start running that fast, people just like you. You just feel older at that point. So yeah. So on the other side of the Brandon Miller relationship, he's got a thing mo, which like he got asked about it in the mix on today. It's now two for two on days that he's been asked about uh, his relationship, and no he's pressure. like, Personally, he's like wide I think open that's and talking. Very about it. strange thing to bring up someone's like relationship. I think it's weird. Yeah, yeah in a way, I don't love it. They've yeah, fun talking about it though. They have it's so cute. If they like talking about it, that's great. But when it's like in the middle of the stadium and you're being asked about someone's partner and not your race, I personally yeah, like in the sense like it was. More so, like, hey, like the both of you, like you, ha- you're in a relationship, like you both run the eight hundred. Like, do you take cues from each other? Like, how often are you talking about the eight hundred? The big cues, yeah. 
big the cues. little cues. Big cues. And he was like, yeah, you know, sometimes if I'll ask her a question, like she'll give me an answer if she has a question for me. And I'm just sitting there. I was like, yeah, if she's got the Olympic gold medal. I don't know how many questions he's his, his PB is faster. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what he's got for now. <laughs> he's got that going for him. Yeah. But, you know, she ran 157.55 today, fastest time of the day. Um, took care of business. I mean, just a thing Mo is just doing her thing. Uh, well, we got to talk about that, how fast that heat was. That heat was ridiculous. Uh, I mean, that was it. You do not see heats where there are six women under two minutes. Sabrina Sutherland in the heartbreaking position of running 159.7 and not making it on time. Brooke Fellmeyer was the last time qualifier with 159.44, which was her first time sub two, I believe. Yes. Allie Wilson, another little cue. I spoke to the Atlantic Track Club earlier today. She was just stoked. Pretty, you know, didn't exactly want to be in the same heat as her teammate, Olivia Baker, but now they're in the final together. A thing dragged them all through. So that was just a really, really very fun race to watch. So in the media zone, the TV that we have to watch doesn't have a clock on it. Yeah, so I was just watching great. the That race, does not make sense. Which, does, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But we were just watching the race, and I then was talking to Sage afterwards, and I didn't even think to ask about the fact that she ran 158.3, like a huge personal best, because I was just watching the race. I had no idea. Uh, but Sage, breakthrough, personal best, Olivia, Brooke Feldmeyer, three personal bests in the semifinal. And I'm just thinking about, like, if you're Keely Hodgkinson and you're at home and you're watching the U.S. champs. I'm sure they have the British champs this weekend. So maybe yeah, Keely's running the four British champs. She doesn't have to worry about all this. They got their selection process. I'm not sure how it works. It seems like a lot of drama going on. <laughs> She's just kind of sitting back, looking, looking what's going on. But when you're watching a thing, just like jog 150. I mean, you're watching and it doing it down. over <laughs> and over again. Like it's it's sort of well in what. In one sense, you're just like, I hope she's tiring herself out, like doing this. And the second time, I was like, tired. I was like, nah, <laughs> like this is how how do I beat this? And it was so, weird like, to see some people kind of closer to a thing. I know she still ran one fifty seven to one fifty eight three, but you know, just seeing some people in the same frame. She's looking over her shoulder. She's it was like, a little yeah. nice. It was fun to see. So, uh, like the thing with her is that um, I was chatting with her in the mix zone today. I was like, well, what, what do you think about? this phrase for you it's like take it and lead because you know it's usually take it and like take it and leave it but it's like take it and lead it mainly because every time when she races she's literally taking the lead and yep. she she that's it and she's literally dragging all these women with her to go under two minutes and it, it it's absolutely stunning um, and that's her new hashtag yes, yes it's her new hashtag um take it and lead it is is the thing most oh, has she posted it yet not yet. Not We're yet. working on it. It's well, coming. It's coming. I think we have the interview. We'll see if we can queue it up in, in, in a second or two. But, I mean, you and a thing are just like now. We're but, besties now. Yeah. <laughs> Does she follow you on Twitter? Like, has this no, been a thing? No, she hasn't followed me on Twitter or Instagram yet. Um, but we're working on it. She's, she's she doesn't okay. look at her phone. She's a little oh, yeah, busy. Yeah. yeah, right now. She's a little busy being like the fastest woman in the world. So, yeah. I feel like after this, she's going to give you a follow. <laughs> so, right. it's kind of funny because you look at the heat sheets when they come out and generally you don't want the best person in your heat, right? Yeah. Like you want to win. So the Olympic champion being heat, but knowing the way that she runs these things, if 
I was in, I'd be like, come on, give me a thing, give me a thing. Give me I a think you do I want it. Everyone running out. like PBs or season best, like, yeah, I would want her yeah. in my heat. And it's, the 800 can be kind of messy around that final turn. And someone we saw tactically do a master class in the 800 in a style she had never done before was Miss Ajay Wilson. And Mac and I were sitting next to each other as we were watching Ajay. And she was doing something she never does where she's usually like kind of a front runner. And she was in last place with over 300 to go and did the long boomerang. And I've, I don't think I've ever seen her go around Raven like that so smoothly where it really kind of, I mean, the time was not fast. So let's not compare time to time here. But her tactics were on. She's point. always tactically sound. Yeah. But this was yeah. a different move. But the, she, from the back, that's not her. That's not her play. But she talked about that uh, either a week or two ago uh, at her most recent meet, and um, someone asked her, "Was like, yeah, like you don't usually race like that. Like, what's up?" And she's like, "Yeah, me and my coach are just trying like different stuff because you never know where you're gonna end up being in a race, and you kind of just need to know all angles." So, I think we've got the interview with a thing all queued up, so we'll let uh, the listeners give this a listen because it was <laughs> incredible, Caitlin. And today's yesterday was hair today you decided to go with we're with her skincare routine so you're gonna exclusively hear um what keeps her face so clear all right so you know we out here with right, miss beauty queen herself a ting mo okay it's ting ting. Ting ting. <laughs> so you know yesterday we shined up with her about her hair but you want to know what the people want to know? What do they want to know? The skincare routine, girl. Hey, guys, listen. Dro- drop the secret. Drop Let me the tell secret. y'all. Listen, so there's, there's this thing, you know? My mom and dad have it, and you know? My whole family as well. And it's called being South Sudanese. This is just that oh, South Sudanese. Oh, let them know. Let them know. You know? I, all I do is use CeraVe on my face, wash it, CeraVe lotion, and we're good to go. Nothing else. It's just the jeans, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. So this is how she keeps herself so pretty and gorgeous all the time when she runs. So if you, if I guess if you want it, go be South Sudanese. Be South Sudanese. <laughs> all right. But there's one more thing that I want to let you know. <laughs> it was that easy. I'm just jealous that it's genetics that yeah. allows her skin to be that flawless because she has some very <laughs> flawless skin. Oh, the girl is gorgeous. All right. And Brandon know it too. So. <laughs> so good luck to you. This is turning into a dating show day by day. Final predictions. <laughs> Does anyone break into that big three? I think so. AJ, Raven, and a thing. Yeah, I think so. All right, so. call it. Say it. AJ, a thing, Sage. I'm going with the same big three. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. No, no, I'm going with uh, Dana's big three. Uh, big three. But you know, I, I say I'm no the- one breaks the big three. Okay. Same. I think big three holds. Wow. Big okay. Three will hold. I'm I'm a Dana on this one. I'm historically very bad at predictions, <laughs> so the fact that Chris is agreeing with me is a little strange. <laughs> I, you know, I just think Sage is coming around at the at the right time. She looks super strong. Wait, and I- her 1500 strength definitely plays into being able to do three rounds really effectively but i also just i mean raven ajay and a thing have been jogging Raven's i also think olivia baker could be a little spoiler of the day yeah. she yeah. figured out how to do it in indoors didn't exactly have the race so olivia could be one all right let's move on to the women's 400 we'll go women's first here talitha Diggs with the fastest time of the day 50.88 kendall ellis 5106 kennedy simon 5111 i mean we we 
if we go on, I think all the qualifiers ran uh, under fifty one fifty. Well, the, uh, I yesterday, you know, I know you guys gave me a hard time because I said fifty two three wasn't fast, and Allison came back. She she heard. She's a listener. For sure, right? Definitely. You're That's 19. She, last night. she definitely listens. <laughs> USA is number 19. Figured it out. Yeah. And so dropped a second and made it through. And, you know, now we'll see her in the relay pool. At well, least, right? At the very yeah. least. At the very least. Yeah. So I think the thing that was interesting with Allison's race today was like she kind of turned on the Jets in the final 100. was like, oh, whoa. Like I kind of counting up ahead. That's like, called mom strength. Yeah. Allison's yeah. back. And just, you know. I don't know. Like it was just a very attentive move there, where it's like I need to just be in this position. All right, this is good enough, and now let's see what she brings in the final. But uh, I, you know, Talitha Diggs is still going strong. Like that's it, my favorite. You think she's I, the favorite? I think that she is the favorite, and her biggest advantage is the fact that she is a collegiate and she's just having fun with it. She's so young; she's just having fun, and so I can see her taking it away. And Allison, I think everything she's doing is a tactical move. I think she's a vet in this game. So if anyone was to take it from Talitha, I think it could be Allison because everything she's doing is very tactical. I know what Caitlin's going to bring up is Waddle and Jonathan. We're running a season's best of 51-29, still sitting yes. down uh, number six sort of on the list. And that's like right where she likes to be in terms of just coming in very unassuming. And then after this is really going to bring in the final. Yeah, like when I was talking to her again today, <laughs> um she like she's a very quiet person. Like she like you were saying like she's very okay with people being unassuming of her and just thinking like, "Oh, like we don't have to worry about this girl." And then she just finds her way onto the team and in her mind she's like, "Well, I already knew that was going to happen, but it's just funny when like other people are looking and they're like, where did she come from? She's like, I've been plotting this the whole time. So her confidence, absolutely amazing. I think it's going to be more than enough to get her into the top three. Um, So I don't know who you guys got going in for the top three, but Waylon Jonathan is definitely on my list. I, I think for me, I'm looking at it. I'm thinking Talitha Diggs, Kendall Ellis, Waddle and Jonathan. That's my three. Not in that order. I think that's it. I, I think it'll be Talitha Diggs for the win, though. I think that's fair. I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kendall Ellis, I think, you know, won her heat looking strong. I think she looked a lot better today than she did in the previous round. Really, is coming in on my podcast. She said this season she wants to do a whole lot of winning. And I think she has a huge chip on her shoulder by not making the individual foreigner team at the Olympic trials last year coming in fourth. So she could be your surprise winner as well. All right, men's 400. Men's 400. We got a lot. Men's 400. <laughs> Deep analysis on the men's 400. Okay, here. so we love starters, it here. Yesterday, <laughs> deep analysis. Yesterday, we had a lot of fun, in, you know, dissecting the 400 because dissecting, we, <laughs> dissecting, <laughs> how clinical, objectifying, how scientific. Like, I'm just saying, if the tables were turned, I'm I don't know. Saying. The I'm Citrus sorry. Mag podcast I'm might be saying. canceled. It is. I'm, it's just not a secret. Just, so it, it's he was not in the secret. gym, or was he? Yeah, we had that reaction. <laughs> rumors say he has rumors not been in the gym. So we saw Survey the rumors. Uh, the rumors were very clear, and so we needed confirmation. And so in the mix zone, we had Jasmine straight up ask Mike Mike Norman, 
Has he been in the gym? No idea if he understood the context of the question. Oh, he has not listened to the pod in the last <laughs> we Wait, I thought he and Allison every day get together and listen to the pod. <laughs> we think highly of ourselves. Down, honestly, I agree. I thought they, they would on sit their down screen. and listen, but it's really funny because you guys, he has no idea what's happening on this podcast and why he got asked this question. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't know. But he said that he has not been in the gym and then on instagram he said he looks deflated yeah <laughs> which not the sort of confidence you want heading into a, a final although he did jog 44 2 44 2 with randall frost right next to him like they basically like held hands across the finish line it was a special <laughs> moment wait we have to get some context if our listeners are joining us for day two. Oh no we're making them go back to day you gotta one. listen get to that day download one. Uh, all right from if them. you want to know this inside joke you gotta listen to day one but yeah. the question is is if mac is capable of the the swipe game for us of have they been in the gym or not been in the gym? I would love to play that game. Yeah. All right, play tomorrow game. after the final, if we get enough photos from Johnny and Justin, we'll have the 400 guys on screen, and you guys can assess have they been in the gym or have they not? You know, last year it was it was I love track and field. Maybe the, the, the I think you should ask all the of them. The same question in the mix. Have you been in the gym? <laughs> Have you been in the gym? Ask yeah. him again. Has Elijah Godwin been in the gym? Well, the thing is, it's, it's sort of like... <laughs> the, Has he been uh, in the gym? About the phrase, like, have you been in the gym? <laughs> like, it could be for, you know, a Pilates class. It could be for... <laughs> Uh, Only you are going to the gym for Pilates. I don't go to the gym. One person who (laughs) does have a gym membership that I pay every month and I don't go. It's only it serves as a locker (laughs) for when I need to drop off my things uh, in Central Park or something like that. Yeah. Put that on the company debit card. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So Elijah Godwin last year had a rough NCAA meet, came out, finished six at the Olympic trials, ran really well. This year, you know, had I think he was third at NCAA's coming out again. Once he, it's like the U.S. champs, he shows up and really puts on a show and is looking really, really strong right now. And I think when, you know, Michael Norman looking around with Randolph Ross, I think if Elijah's there, they don't have as much time to look around. Yeah. I think uh, one other name we're kind of just a little look uh, overlooking right now is. Vernon Orwood sitting in sixth place right now. Vernon, yes, yeah, I, I, he, he got a, a big auto qualifier today, but he's got, I, I don't know. There's just something about him making teams over the last couple of years that he's, he's in a good spot. I think it's, so it's very similar to the Waddlein case. I would say. So you have to almost look at, you know, how far back that little cue is from the big cues. Mm-hmm. Like you got to read into it a little bit. It's just like, oh, he came in third but it's like no no you can shut it down and you can run it yeah. in once you know that you have it so you gotta look beyond the numbers all right so should we hit some rapid fire just uh not necessarily diving deep into the analysis on some of these events but we did have a couple finals and a couple people named the teams so in the women's pole vault it was sandy morris uh taking the win in 482 Another national title for her. So she's she's kind of last year, you know, had the disappointment at the Tokyo Olympics. This time around, it's twenty twenty two has been her year, I would say. Yeah, I had a chance to talk to her and she has two silver medals from world championships. Yep. It's time we get that gold. Yeah. And the thing that I always like talking to Sandy about is like the technical side of pole vault. I don't know what she's talking about most of the time, but you just nod your head smile. It's like when you see someone who's so passionate about something and like you just appreciate it and 
Someone who's willing to make a pole vault pit in their backyard. She's a master of her craft. And so I just really get a lot of pleasure out of hearing her describe into detail what's going on and breaking it down. And she had a really scary moment at 460, which is not going to make you a a, a Team USA member. Oh, that's right. She missed the first two, and then she had to make some adjustments. She's working with a new coach this year and, you know, found a way to make it over. And, you know, she was saying that there's technical adjustments, things that she's doing with arms, things that I'm not going to be able to replicate or, you know, repeat because I don't even know what she was saying. I just was passionately (laughs) listening. But um, I think sometimes the pole vault, like what we watch versus what other pole vaulters watch and are looking for, which is maybe you could say about any event, it's like two different sports. We're just like, look how high. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at how high they go. Um, in pole vault as well, Alina McDonald comes in second. Katie Najat comes in third. But Alina McDonald will not be going to the world championships, even though she would have qualified due to her world rank because the world championship final falls on a Sunday and due to religious region reasons, she has never and won't compete on Sundays. So she is giving up her spot. It's a willing decision on her behalf. Um, she was speaking to some of the other members in the mix zone about it. So something she's always done. So Gabrielle Leon, I'm not sure if she's ranked high enough or if it'll go to Emily Grove who came in fifth, who does have the standard. Olympic champ Katie Najat finishes third, four sixty five. But I mean, yeah, totally fascinating case there. And uh, you know, I wonder, you know, how many more, how much deeper you can go into a story like that because it's not that not all that common. That sounds like something for a real journalist, Chris. Yeah. So I'm gonna have hold one off to you. Oh yeah, Chris, a fake journalist. No, no, I'm calling myself a fake journalist. Journalist, we're just we're just passionate. Also, um, I, I just looked at Gabriella. She is ranked 30, so okay. I think she'll be going. Oh, nice. Snuck right in. Snuck right in there. She's there from she Louisville, so another collegiate on the team. Women's high jump also went uh, final today. We had Vashti Cunningham, t- another U.S. title. I think this was a U.S. title number 11 or 12 for her. And it's crazy to think because she's what, in 21, 22. So I just learned yeah. she lives in Vegas. Did, yeah. did everyone oh, know that? Yes. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Like Vegas yes. is like a hub for the, uh, the high jumpers. Very big hub for the high jumpers. Why is that? I think that's where yeah, uh, her, of, her camp is set up. Yeah, like they and, they actually have pits in their backyard. Mm-hmm. And so um, they'll have people come out and train with them. And it's it's an amazing group of people. Her dad is an amazing coach, amazing father, amazing pastor. So he'll, he definitely is there to help take in and help teach these high jumpers how to jump. We need to go behind the scenes there. I, I think see we're it. sending Jasmine to Vegas. Yeah, send me to Vegas. This is a business Jasmine trip. Jasmine to Vegas. No, no it's fun. A business trip. No fun. If you want to enter the, you know, Sidious Mag Patreon, this is yeah. where we plug that. Our Venmo, our Venmo is just at Sidious Mag. We or at co- Jasmine's side is our yeah. official Venmo. <laughs> That's not gonna get her to Vegas. That's gonna go somewhere else. Well, yeah, I mean. Caitlin is going with you too, but like, take her with me, please. Big one to thing too. So yeah. Jasmine, uh, as far as rankings in the women's high jump, who gets to go? Because Vashley Cunningham is the only person actually on this entire list with the world championship standard. So who's our team? So as I get to looking, I'm throwing um, her on the spot. Well, there was Don't a lot worry. of controversy last year in the high jump for the Olympics about who oh, was yeah. able to go. So. Yeah. I think that's kind of the, the fun question of, Who's actually going to go? Because as I'm clicking through these names, 
there really isn't anybody that's in the top 30. I, I did see Rachel McCoy like walking around with the American flag. I guess they gave that to they the They gave it to the top, the top three. three. Regardless, you have that flag mm. for top three. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I know typically with USATF, they've kind of cut off that chasing the standard. Yeah, no, it's done. After so this it's weekend. done after Unless this weekend. Unless you can weekend. go find a meet tomorrow somewhere. Uh, you gotta love how confusing the Stanford is. standard is one nine six. So for all of us who don't know the metric, six four, pretty tough. That's tough. Pretty that's, tough. That's tall. I that's taller than everyone in this room except for Mac. I could only jump four six. Mac's taller than six four. No. All right, it's taller than everyone in this room. <laughs> but honestly, I think the next closest person, but she's sitting at rank thirty four right now, is Jelena Rowe. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jelena, who placed eighth, and she placed eighth. So well, I think she might be the only one going. We're, we were trying to figure this out as well with the men's long jump. It was it was sort of like we're looking at how far down the top guy with the standard finish, and that was Marquis Dendy in tenth place today. Everyone else up ahead of him, like so, is he on the team? Even like I, I saw Matthew Bowling walk around the mix zone and. He didn't know if he was on the team yet. Well, and then Javon Harrison, who finished 11th, is mm-hmm. ranked ninth, So he could also be going. And if we can't figure it out, the fans aren't definitely we, can't figure it out. Aren't we supposed to be the experts? I'm sorry, we're guys. Well, we're letting not, you this, this is the issue when you make track and field so confusing. Then the uh, passionate the, experts I think get we, confused, too. We definitely could figure this out. It's just it's 12 a.m. And <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying to run through every Actually, single event. Actually, you do have a point there. So... All right, I'm looking. Shout out to Rayvon uh, Gray from LSU who ended up getting the win in the Amazing. men's long jump in eight point one nine. That's a personal best for for him. Uh, being the pros, I mean, if you look at that top, what is it? I'm looking at the top five. So many of them are college kids. And what I'm from what I'm seeing right now, it's looking like it will be Stefan. Marquise Dendy and Javon Harrison because wow. they're all sitting within that six, seven, eight around that time in the world ranking. So, all right. So Kurtz. number eleven gets to go with Javon wow. Harrison. Imagine, it's not the first. imagine that happening in like a distance race. This is just sort it of could. like yeah. This oh yeah, it could in the men's fifteen hundred. It in the men's eight. The men's eight goes out slow all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. All right, since we're big throws, guys. You want to talk about the throws? Yeah, we got a couple throws that went final today. We got the men's shot put. Ryan Krauser coming away with the world lead, uh, 23-12 for the win. Joe Kovacs in second. Joe already had his spot as the reigning world champion. Um, Josh Awatunde finished third, 21-51. And because Kovacs has the gold from 2019, uh, Trip Piperi, uh, takes also gets a spot. So uh, top four, really, really strong. Because I hearing Joe speak afterwards, you spoke with Ryan, I spoke with Joe, because that's we're gonna start a web series of sorts where yeah. So the pitch, yeah, hit him with it. All right. So uh, Chris is writing a book on Joe Kovacs, which I don't know the bag. I don't know when it's gonna be published. Because imagine how much we're dealing with now. Well, the story is still being written. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I was teammates with Krauser at Texas. And so, you know, the idea is that we both get trained for like an hour by each of them and we see who can throw further mm-hmm. or like improve more. 
Can we take bets? This is a pretty. I want to bet. Oh wait, I can't bet on anything. You guys, who do you want your coach to be? (laughs) Everyone gets a coach. I, I'm honestly not sure if it's the coach. Oh, you think between between? No, no, it's it's like your rate of improvement. So we're gonna do a baseline. Oh, okay, okay. So who would you want to be your shop book coach? I know who I would want. I know who I want too, but Speak it we, out. we ain't got there yet. Okay. I know who I would want and I will say why. I will take Raven Saunders any day. I'm going, I'm going with her. Yeah. Because Raven is a student of the sport. She takes her time to truly learn her event. And not only that, she learns other events and she correlates those into her own event. This is what I was talking to Ryan. So Ryan was talking to 30 people and he just wanted to get out of the mix zone. And I was like, yo, Ryan, one question real quick. I promise it won't be boring. Like, <laughs> I know you did it. You did that. You did that whole thing. He's like, uh, we'll see if it's yeah. boring. He was like, I'll be the judge of whether or not it's boring. That. And Fair. so I, I asked him, I was asking him about his YouTube channel in which he goes so deep into the sport and like the analysis of it. And he was saying we, that he we watches. might, we might have that interview up. Do we but, have that interview up? Or we can queue it up. But. And so Ryan was saying that he watches other sports like Kung Fu and stuff in order to take back to throwing. And I think that's something that a lot of events, or I'll say on behalf of the distance running community, like we kind of just run and then we watch Netflix and there's time in the day to study that we could probably be better utilizing our time with. Yeah, Joe has a background. He did gymnastics as a kid. He was also, I mean, like a What can he do player. now? Can he still flip? Yeah, well, he can still, he, he's got on the bars before, like the, the uneven bars. They're really? uneven after he gets <laughs> off of them. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I also asked Ryan Krauser uh, the best question of all, Yeah. which I'll tell you after this video. Yeah, Mac, come on. Let's see. All right, Ryan, great meet today. But I need Thank to ask you. about the YouTube channel. Yeah. What's the motivation? Why are you Why are you doing this? You don't need yeah. this. Yeah. So I feel like the YouTube channel is just a great opportunity to grow the sport and shed some light on track and field and the throws uh, and help out younger kids. So yeah, I'm doing it just because I feel like it's something the sport needs. We don't have an elite thrower kind of doing the YouTube thing. Um, so to spread information, there's so many passionate young throwers out there that I feel like either don't have information, um, or just want to learn more. So I'm trying to help them out and grow, just bring attention to the sport, uh, and grow the throws following, because I feel like once people get exposed to it, they get excited. Uh, they see the passion that the athletes bring. So yeah, check it out. See what you guys think. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about it. I like doing it. And, uh, and so it also gives my training partner, Eric Solens, uh, something to work towards and a little bit of side income to keep him in the sport as well. Are you worried? Is his videographer like his training partner? Yeah. That's <laughs> I love it. I was going to say, is that what led to you guys coming up with this idea or did yeah, you yeah, yeah yeah so towards the end of the video he's, he tells him uh which you guys can watch all of our interviews from the mix zone on the city smeg youtube channel so be sure to subscribe uh really cool plug there uh <laughs> the, so towards the end of the interview what did you say you were like i'm so i i, four, I was like oh, i'm 511 145 oh. How far can I throw? And then if you had an hour with me, how much would I be able to improve? Mm-hmm. And then I asked Ryan if Kyle 
If he had to throw <laughs> Kyle, how far could he throw Kyle? <laughs> and, this and he is, like consider he like. And he goes, okay. If he was like in a ball, if he was kind of compact. One forty-five is kind of heavy, but I think fifteen feet. Fifteen feet is That's crazy. Far. That's actually pretty far. Well, I, I mean, he's, I like, he's, he's a pretty strong now? guy. You'd yeah. have to be a tight. Like, that is one strong. I can't, man. I can't even pick up. Who does yeah. not like to eat should be the amount like of calories? I feel like we've like talked javelin. about Ryan Krauser throwing me multiple times <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> have you guys ever days? talked to him about what? his calories? <laughs> How much calories he has? Wow. It's it's very interesting. I think that's something that you guys should ask him one well, day. I I did ask I asked Joe because he brought up sort of like it, how the uh, the conditions so out Times there something like that was just meals. sort of a little bit of how he said he was feeling a little depleted today. He's like I should have had got five thousand calories. Like, I should have had another sandwich. And I was like, what did you have for lunch? And he was like, well, you know, I went to this sandwich place and this sandwich place, and I, it's expensive. It is, and and throwers don't don't make uh, a lot of money. They don't. No. <laughs> What's their Venmo? Yeah, we got it <laughs> at Big Throws guys on, on Venmo. Um, it might not right. go to them though. And then the women's discus. Before you move on to uh, some of the other uh, final events, the queen keeps her keeps her crown. Val Allman, sixty six ninety two for the win. You got to see the sneakers that she wore. Yeah, so in Oslo, she lost, and it was like, what do you mean? Val doesn't lose. And then afterwards, her coach had tweeted out that she had not gotten the right shoes in time that Asics was sending them, and they didn't get in time for her trip, and then she got to Oslo, and the, the ring was really slippery because it was wet. So then she ended up do, doing it in sneakers, just like normal sneakers. She finished second there, and we're we're saying that's definitely a world record for discus in the sneakers. They yeah. were pretty standard running sneakers. Yeah, yeah. I like feel your like dad be, has them. It'd be too it'd be, much. I feel like that'd be pretty risky to be spinning with that much midsole. It's not a smooth shoe. Well, she she did it, but today she actually had her normal shoes. You know, one thing I have noticed about. Uh, her Instagram account because she does a great job of, of sharing from all the different meets is that she collab tags with her uh, coach on all of it. And it's like that. That's really cool. It's like, you know, kind of just sharing the journey together. It just kind of made me think. I was like, oh, man, what if Gags was on, uh, on Instagram collab, and yeah. you were collab tagging with Gags? Yeah, I mean... We can all. It was the pause for me. It's 1230. Yeah, I mean... Okay, and then we also talked to uh, Rachel Dinkoff, who we had, uh, you know, not it was a little bit of a surprise to make the Olympic team last year, uh, back on Team USA. Now she's a regular, but she was saying she was dealing with just like uh, she was crying and stuff. That I think that before this meet, yeah. just because like uh, I don't know, it was panic setting in of of sorts, but handled it well on, uh, and now she's on the other side of the emotion spectrum where yeah. she's just like so relieved and happy. It was, it was awesome to see. And then shout out to Jasmine's friend in second place. Loggy Lalonga. Um, super, super happy for her. She's very young in the sport. This is her first year out. She is finally a post collegiate. She made the team in 2019. Um, she missed out on that Olympic team. She came out this year putting a lot of pressure on herself. And I have watched her journey 
watching her kind of just stress out about this season and trying to make this team. And so to see her come out, she's gotten into diamond leagues. She just signed with Nike, um, to see her accomplishing all the goals that she wants to hit has been absolutely phenomenal. And so for her to come second in this USATF championship is just PR. absolutely amazing and PR with that and make it on this team. So I think having an investment in athletes like that, like watching your friends, th- that is the goal, right? Always of like, how do mm-hmm. we communicate that to other events that maybe you don't have someone of a rooting interest for you got to pick someone you got to pick someone but also alternatively it's a take i've been working on okay <laughs> future lap count rooting uh, against someone also super fun oh that's always fun. and like we don't have to name any names and i'm not looking at like the discus or anything i didn't have anyone i was rooting against and i was like what, what do you have against shelby frank yeah no, we go way back um but you ever root against someone Oh, absolutely. How fun does that make track and field? It makes it a lot of fun. I think <laughs> This that, is Kyle's evil era. I mean, it is, but don't honestly, have to say names. I ride really hard for a lot of my friends in the yeah. track community. And your enemies. And sometimes I don't really have enemies, but their enemies will become my enemies. Wow. So Oh, your friends' enemies. Well, yeah. I mean, we we talked about this a little bit yesterday. It was like the Jamaicans, they revel in Shikari's like just downfall and, and, and in these moments and they get just so much joy out of it. <laughs> uh, at least like from my guess on social media, I clipped this and posted it and now. Uh, yeah. Now my matches are going to be a trash fire. Can I just say they days. stick together and I kind of wish team USA would act like that too, yeah. because the Jamaicans definitely mm-hmm. ride for each other. They hold on strong. They're a very proud country. Very proud. If you cannot tell. I, so is that perfect transition to look at the women's hundred final uh, that we had today because it took uh, what was the stat I think that was posted on Instagram Mac it was seven of the eight finalists needed to run PRs in order to make it through and it was a fast first round uh, what, what what did we get in the first round it was uh, Aaliyah Hobbs ten eighty one was was the fastest time and then right behind her was. Melissa Jefferson, right? I yeah. was so twenty-two, and w- we had to talk about this after because we were there early in the mix zone. The, the day started with the semis, and everyone just blew through the mix zone. I was like, "What happens?" I was like, "No, there was not even a no one in the media area got up." This is my first time, in the, you know, this side of things as well. No one got up to do an interview. They didn't stop doing an interview. So I was like, is this standard? And like, what is going on the next hour and a half between the semis and the finals? Yeah, so Jasmine, got, paint the picture for we us talked as about someone who's been there. Bit. I think it's hilarious because this is my first time on the media side of things, but I already kind of knew what to expect from the athletes. As an athlete, that time is so short in between the semis and finals that it's not necessary that you don't want to stop and talk to the media. But I took it very personally. I was like, you you don't want to talk to me. (laughs) You know, it's not that it's anything personal or it's not like we don't want to, but it's we have a final that we have to get ready and prepped for. So we need to go focus on that. We made it through the hardest part because the semifinals is truthfully the hardest part 
of any of the sprints because you're just giving it your all to make it into that final. So they're going to go straight through that mix zone. They're going to go do not necessarily a cool down, but they're going to kind of shake out, sit down, relax their legs, calm their nerves, think about the race. And then they're going to start warming up again and get ready for that final because it's typically a really short turnaround for them. So there's no sitting, listening to music, vibing out. You just, They'll listen to their music. They it's just as if um, they're starting their warm up. It's just they don't have to do their whole warm up. So that warm up is very shortened since their muscles are already ready to go. I was I saw so, someone was like kind of walking through and I was like, there's been this ice bath that's like m- kind of a couple feet away from the mix zone. And when these athletes are coming by and you know, they need to get to the recover and all that stuff. It's like, oh, look, there's an ice bath. Like, why don't you just go jump into it? And then someone was like, yeah, do you, do, like, you can maybe do that if you had one of the morning events. But do you know how many people have been in that ice bath? It's just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, That's I, you're definitely not point. doing that with an hour and a half between the 70s no. and the 50s. Yeah, definitely absolutely. Not. All right. So, Melissa Jefferson. What do right. we, uh, I, Caitlin, is, I think, is the perfect person to speak on this because – you follow the NCA the closest of all of us here. It's yeah. not a contest, but if it was, you'd be the I gold medalist. I would definitely win the contest. Sure. What <laughs> what should we know about Melissa Jefferson and like why this is taking everyone by such a big surprise? All right, so um, honestly, I would say this hasn't if it hasn't surprised the college kids. Um, you know, oftentimes when people talk about track, they're like, oh, well, people don't really band together, and that happens sometimes, but. I tell you, on my timeline, people have been backing Melissa from day one. They knew she was goaded from the day that she stepped on the track. And so the reason why her winning uh, USAs is so important is because when she was at NCAAs a couple weeks ago, she like she didn't perform the way that we thought she was going to. Like She won the 60-meter indoor this year, after, literally uh, after Julian Alfred of Texas like broke the indoor record. And it was like... Wait, who's who's this Melissa Jefferson girl? In so coastal like, Carolina from right? Coastal Carolina, right. <laughs> like mid like this mid major school. Um, but still, like put the put the school's name on the map. Uh, brought her teammates up with her, but you know, unfortunately, like I said, she got to NCAs and did not perform the way that we knew that she could. And so um, when I spoke to her today, it was like, yeah, you know, like NCAs didn't go very well, but I would much rather be on the USA team than you know be on the podium for 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 NCAA. So um uh Melissa is definitely somebody that we need to watch out for and definitely put a lot of support behind. And she called her shot too. Oh oh yeah. So when I spoke to her last night, I was like, yeah, so 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 what's good about it? And she she's saying like I'm good enough to be on this team and I'm not just gonna be on the relay. I, I I'm good enough to be here and I'm ready. And I'm like, all right, cool. And lo and behold, she comes back the next day. She doesn't just makes the team. She wins the whole damn thing. And it's like, you know, the importance of speaking things into existence and, you know, how much the tongue has control over your life. Don't you love the narrative of eighth at NCAAs to U.S. champion? Kind of yes. ignoring the fact that she was the NCAA champion. But she was the was NCAA champion. Like, yeah. But the thing is, is like with track, it's always that meet that day. Um, and it, if you want to think about things in a bigger span of things, you know, losing an outdoor NCAA champion versus, you know, setting yourself up to have an extremely successful um, professional career, losing that one meet doesn't really do anything um, to your overall career. We, we, we do a good job as a sport remembering the highlights. 
Yeah. I was going to say, sometimes, depending on the athlete, sometimes you might suck it up at NCAAs, but then they turn around and come to USAs, and they have a phenomenal time. So they it works the in their advantage. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of like little quick side note on that. I know a lot of people have been talking about, you know, how many college athletes have been making it to USA's, but it's been not been phenomenal seeing how many of them have been making it into round two and seeing, you know, Melissa is one of the first to make it to world, like make it all the way to the world championship. So we'll be excited to see who comes next. You kind of have the collegiate too. It's like, are you racing too much? Are you too sharp? Are you tired? And then you have yeah. the pros who it's like, why didn't you race? Or yeah. you got okay, <laughs> with, and in particular, in particular, Arian Knighton running nineteen four like so long ago, and it's like, okay, like where are you? And he's like, well, I'm, he's just gonna show up this weekend, and we already know he's gonna run something fast. So it, it's just opposite ends of the spectrum, but literally producing the same result. Very well, different. Who uh, we were talking. <laughs> Uh, we've talked to too many people, um, but like the the big advantage of college too is like the relays that you do when you're yeah. doubling and tripling at meets, and you gain a lot of fitness through doing that. And it's really hard yes. for pros to replicate that. Mm -hmm. Like your 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 journey to maybe the same endpoint in a completely different way. It's weird because it's kind of that mixture of sometimes it's the coaches because they're used to working with pros when you move over to a pro coach of we don't do that. That's not our nature because our season's a lot later. And then also you're getting older. So as you get older, you can't race back to back to back like mm. that. And you just have to make sure you're fit and ready to run when the time is right. Unless you're Shelly, Justin or Allison. Yeah, <laughs> they're you know they don't age. They're different. <laughs> Quick shout out to Aaliyah Hobbs in that race, ran ten seventy two. It's like this is at yeah. after a moment of like when she ran ten eighty three in New York a couple week a couple weeks ago, and then you know it was sort of like oh okay, well I mean it's great that she's back, but then it's like is that just a one hit wonder so far? And then she nope not nope. In the, after the first Had round PR nope in nope. the second round <laughs> and. Finishes second, makes the team. I'm excited for what she could put together, you know, running solo on the team as an individual, you know, at the world championships, especially because, I mean, we had the Jamaican trials happening at the same exact time and, and they're putting down some quick times, but she could be the one that kind of, you know, breaks that top three for, for, for Jamaica. Can we talk about it? Because talk about <laughs> yes. a redemption year for Aaliyah. That woman has literally went through it the most in 2021 as a sprinter. And I have to give her so much props for that because of the fact of what happened with the false start and then them bringing her back last minute, her barely having time to warm up, her still making it onto that team in the relay, not even getting to run in the relay and coming back with that redemption of, hey, I'm here, and I don't know why you guys thought that this was a fluke, but I'm someone that you need to be looking out for. Aaliyah has shown time and time again that she's able to do this, so I could never count Aaliyah out. And then last spot going uh, to the World Championships is T.T. Terry. Fan favorite. T.T. Terry. Come on, T. T. The track Twitter favorite. No Which, one has more fun like, than T.T. Terry. Uh, I was looking at what time the race ended, the women's 100 meter final was 721 and it's always funny with the sprinters 
something about the sprinters who just like get straight to their phone and immediately go to Twitter. Like, well, the 100 guys went live on their own personal oh, yeah. Instagram. <laughs> we're waiting for them in the media zone, and meanwhile, notification after notification. And it's like, oh, Fred went live. Marvin went live. Trayvon went live. Hey, don't spoil. No spoilers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but then I was like, all right, so how soon after uh, the race did uh, TT go uh, and tweet? She So her race ended at 7. 21 and uh, uh, 10.67 yeah, yeah plus 10.67 seconds 10 later seconds. give her like maybe 10 minutes for victory lap celebration her phone in like in the basket with her yeah 759 that's, that's hard, pretty solid like within yeah, 30 minutes yeah. and she she tweeted <laughs> i made the world team turn me up and then uh, after that someone said Live report from like all of Miami is turned up, and she said, as they should be. Yeah, I think Miami's <laughs> always turned up. <laughs> they are. Yeah, but <laughs> so tonight, look out the window, it's like, whoa, there's a party. It's for yeah. TT. Yeah, tonight's yeah. for They're TT. very turned up. Um, uh, let's touch on a couple prelims real quick women's 3,000 meter steeplechase. Real quick. No we, surprises. All right, I can do a real quick yeah, one no here surprise. for the women's steeple. We had all of our fan favorites go through kind of. I would say uh, the big two, formerly big three. So we had Courtney Ferrix win heat one, Emma Coburn win heat two, Colleen Quigley, who used to be in that, you know, big three of the women's steeple. She gets a big cue, so it's nice to see her coming through. And Val Constein also gets a big, uh, big cue on the Olympic team. So we're setting ourselves up for, you know, there's not as much drama in this field, but I think the people to watch out for, of course, are Courtney Wayman, who recently signed for on, and then. Uh, Yale had a really, you know, NCAA champion with Kate DeLay, or sh- second place at NCAA is two Courtney women who's been running really well. So we've got some fun people in there. Yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, David went, was writing the preview with me, and he said this race has the potential to be either very interesting or very just boring in terms of just like all chalk. Yeah, I and do think that there's a, a good possibility that this is an extremely boring final in terms of, like, the team. I, I think the th- most likely team well, so is Courtney, Emma, Courtney Ferricks, Emma Coburn, Courtney Wayman. That's, yeah. what I think, the expectation. Right. But, like, clarify that, like, boring the team. Boring. It's, not, it's not the personalities and the people on the team are boring. It's just that I think no, that there's a little a bit of separation. step above everyone else yes. in this field. Because I think it's going to take... 9.05 to make the team? Or like to really, I think. No. Mac is even shaking his head. No, no, That's I'm really saying fast. To, win, to win. I don't to think win? it's going to be that fast. I don't think it's going to be that fast. No. You Kyle. don't think so? Sub 9.20 for sure. I think Courtney Wayman can run 9.0. I think they could definitely run it, but whether they feel the need to. Yeah. If Emma, I, right. I mean, one we'll, possibility we'll stop is back. one possibility is that Emma Coburn goes, you know, I've done this before. I'm super fit. I'm however many time national champion in this event. I'm gonna push it from the front, make it fast, Sh- wash out anyone who's not fit enough to hang. So maybe that's when you get your. But in a way, like there's some like someone like Emma and and Courtney. There, it's like we know we have to save ourselves. Or like they're gonna save their big one for the world championships. Courtney oh. was talking about how like. Courtney Frerix was talking about how the plan for Tokyo, where she went out and took it, like that was Jerry coming up with the night before at the Tokyo Olympics. And he told her not to do that today. And it's probably not going to happen in the final because it's like, why? 
why exert yourself to all that much? So I, I'm looking at this differently, which is so you're uh, you know in a sense because like I'm looking at this. As we're trying not to make this race qualifier. interesting to watch. Then. No, no, yeah. but I'm not looking at this. Is not a qualifier to me. This is the U.S. Championship, and I think Emma has owned the U.S. Championship for so long. Yeah. Yet Courtney, she got the, the title. In, yeah, she's got the American record. Mm-hmm. And Courtney Wayman is the young blood coming up. And so I'm looking at this not as like, oh, are we just going to like all just make it through unscathed and make sure that we're ready to go Worlds? I see this from Courtney Frerichs and Courtney Wayman's perspective as like, here's our opportunity to take the U.S. title. We got to come up with a nickname for Wayman and Frerichs. It's actually, yeah, that's the easier. real race in here. Who The Battle of the Courtneys, only one of them gets to keep their name. The other one gets a nickname. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, honestly, that could be that could be pretty good. Um all right, finally, we're here at the moment, the hundreds, right? Or did you have something We had else? a couple other prelims, but... What did we miss? The women's we 400 hurdles? Women's 100 hurdles, women's and then 400 the 400 hurdles. hurdles. It was like Sydney McLaughlin jogged to f- a 52. Like yeah. Men's 400 <laughs> hurdles, we had, you know, Rye Benjamin, Trevor ba- Bassett as well, a um, couple other people. I mean, it's these are hard heats to talk about because... There are still so many names in the mix, so I think once we get to but no, the yeah, no big shockers really in those. Can we do four hundred hurdle predictions right now. Women's four hundred hurdles. What do we see today? Well, well, I saw. I'm gonna go wild guess. I'm gonna take Sydney McLaughlin for the win. All right, that's pretty good. Guess. <laughs> okay, no, we're that this was is such a wild guess. All right, Sydney, <laughs> Shamir, uh, uh, Ashley Spencer. Anna Cockrell what? got out so well settled and then i was like oh she's fading and then she had a great close looked really strong um i think that heat that heat too britain Anne, and shamir they're the, they're that's the battle for two spots yeah yeah i, I agree all right i can i can agree with britain being on there i can see her making it she's had a phenomenal season and i think she'll be able to pull through so yeah sid shamir britain Caitlin, what's your take? Caitlin's you know what I think Caitlin and I are both in the same boat where it's like we're a little tired. <laughs> we got <laughs> it's morning Caitlin's run. Here floating right now. I think Caitlin's <laughs> scared to see na- say a name because she knows that she's gonna have to see everyone tomorrow. I already know who who's going on the team. Oh, <laughs> all, right. all right, Sydney, Shabir, and Ashley. I said what I said. That's all right. Wow. Rep, rep Chicago right, Shamir, but you already know. All right. Hundred time. It's hundred time. It's twelve thirty a.m. as we're recording this. <laughs> we do this to ourselves, quite honestly. Don't Fred, we? Fred, it? it was the Fred we're show. Reco- I thought we were just talking. No, it was this the was Fred, the show. Fred show. One hundred percent. The was Frederick Curley show. <sighs> do you think his name is Frederick? Like his Frederick. Name? Even if it's not Absolutely. Frederick, I'm calling him Frederick. I call him Frederick. Address I've always him as Frederick. Frederick. Do you call them to his face? Yeah. All right, Frederick. See how that goes. <laughs> like, I feel like it's just so much more like aggressive. All right, Frederick. Frederick, All right. get your ass over here. <laughs> Frederick, world lead, meet record, personal best. That 976 in the semis. What does oh. FR stand for? Went little facility facility, facility record. record. Hayward Field record. Yes. It's the fastest time on American soil. Uh, when, el- when else would someone have run that fast uh, on U.S. soil? Where did Bolt run? It was an American. American on American soil record, right? What, what did no. Bolt run in Grand Prix? 9-7. The, 
the un-American American when record? When he when he, <laughs> when Bolt ran the world record at the New York City Grand Prix. This is where we need a. Uh, he when he ran the world record. Yeah, nine seven two. It's fast. That's all I know. Nine seven two. It was the fastest okay. an American has ever run on American soil. Okay. Good good fact check. Man. Yeah. Uh, so you you can't get by me. No, especially because <laughs> you were at that. I race. was at that race. Yeah, I'll never forget. Uh, That's a hard minus to forgetting forget. exactly the time. But <laughs> besides that, I will not forget. Fred had an amazing moment in the mix zone today. Uh, Matt, can you cue up that clip? It's the one that uh, I tweeted out where someone had asked him if the hundred is more mental or like more physical. Yeah. How would you break it down as Mac um, is queuing this up? See, I, I actually can relate to this a lot because mentally I am a hundred meter runner. Okay. Like I'm there, but physically my body just has not caught up. <laughs> so the, for that reason, <laughs> and for that reason I'm out. <laughs> and for that reason I'll, I'll choose the 1500. Ka- Caitlin, <laughs> mentally what event are you? <laughs> physically you're a 400 meter runner. Yes. Mentally, what are you? 400. I don't like short stuff mentally. I need time to like play with the people that like I'm competing against. Have you heard of the 10K? <laughs> <laughs> mentally, I'm a 1500. Are you allowed to? Oh, wait, those are crazy. Are you crazy? <laughs> like, okay. are you nuts? So, ment- yeah, I'm mentally a 100 meter runner. I'm crazy. You want me that to do it? Yeah, and you run the 15. So, therefore, I think that is a little crazy. I'm yeah. mentally a shot putter. Really? So yes. much. This is 100%. she's a ten, but yeah. <laughs> oh god, she's she thinks she's a shot but... putter, but she's a long jumper. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> that's me. And also, can I put on the record that I talked to his coach today, Fred Curley's, Frederick, and his coach said this is the most that he has talked to yeah. anybody in the mix zone today. Yeah, I mean, you he know, I shot something that done. crazy. He was literally over there, like, all right, Fred. Fred, are you? Is he coming? He was stopping soon? from multiple people, and I'd never seen him do that before. And so yeah. this this win probably meant quite a, a bit to him. Let's we've got the uh, the clip pulled up here. I feel most of the races uh, mental. The physical is just coming to play. It's basically like who got the biggest balls coming to the line. Okay. Do you feel like that's you? <laughs> he knows that's, that was a good joke. That's the, that's the moment that, like, if you put it up on TikTok, we need to overlay like the gangster glasses. Because he knows what he did there, and uh, it was it was awesome. Uh, yeah, how happy Fred is a good Fred for the sport. I didn't even know he was such a big Craig Mottram fan. Yeah, right. Because that's a that's a deep cut for people who yeah, get that one. Back in two thousand seven, you guys probably already know the story, but I'll tell you again. Uh, Craig Mottram, the Australian, one of the best distance runners in the world, they asked him after the pre-two-mile, basically, like, why he was able to win. And he said, it comes down to the size of your balls, really. And that's what this was today, too. He was like, comes But he said that, like, ball. NBC. That's why, that's why I said to... Gotta spice it up. I said that in your zone? Today, yeah. He said that's what that clip was, that he says, like, it comes down to, like, size of balls. Oh, it's in the stadium. That's where I was. Yeah. And now watch tomorrow. You're gonna have Caitlin in the mix zone. Who's like, so Frederick, how big are your balls? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Trayvon Bromel. Tra- how about Trayvon Bromel? <laughs> oh, he been in the gym. <laughs> hey, hey, baby. <laughs> he has been in the gym. I do agree with that. Um, he been in the gym. Can I just he looks very happy for show him. 
he looked like he was taking it in a full sense of gratitude on the yes. track. He's come so far. He's had a really great season. You know, one one DQ along the way, but just he's coming back into form. And I think that he ha- had this respect for Fred. Yes, that I feel like he everyone in the hundred yeah. did. And Those three are friends. Like they, they they're all besties. Well, this someone was saying that this is the only final in a hundred where everyone's been under ten seconds. Like the entire final, yeah. was the entire seconds. final, which is absolutely insane, insane because that rarely happens and that is so hard to do. And I think that's one of the things that you just touched on is that he seems so grateful for making it onto this team. And I think that that is very true. You can see that in this moment, in this race. If you were here, if you were watching. Um, being able to see that he was taking it all in. And I think it is because of all that he has been through so far. Mm. So I'm really excited to see him go on to Worlds and see how he handles that and what he comes out doing. He's the comeback king. Yeah, yeah. and Marvin Bracey also had kind of had that same sense as well with him mm-hmm. coming in third place. And, you know, Christian second, Coleman. Second, second, second place. place. And yeah. uh, Christian Coleman. Yeah, Christian oh, Coleman DNS, but he's got his spot secured uh, for for World. So really wasn't a shock. I think part of it was just probably he saw the times after what that Fred dropped in the semi. He was like, oh, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know he'll be ready for for the World Championships. But I got the chance to speak to Trayvon, uh, and I asked him a little bit. It was like so obviously like him and Marvin are training partners. So it was like, what does it mean? Like, how often are the two of you guys talking about uh, making this team in practice? Here's what you have to say. Talk about making this team together in practice. Man, y'all don't understand, man. Last year, what motivated me a lot with making, like, getting that first place position in Olympic trials, like, I had seen my boy go out in the semis with a, with a hamstring situation. Like, I'm in the back, like, I bust out of tears because it's my dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? I've been knowing him since younger. So, like, to see that happen, that put me in an emotional state to be like, I had to go get that first place position in the Olympics with him. You know what I'm saying? So, now we both on the team together, just like in 2016. So, it's showtime, man. It's like, we, we ain't trying to go, go to Worlds and not get no medals. And it was like, it, it's cool because he's there talking about how him and Marvin just, like, it, it hurt him, the fact that Marvin got hurt during the semifinals last year. And then during this past indoor season, Marvin has a breakout year. It's funny that Marvin was sort of like the quiet guy going into this final, like pulled out of a couple of races earlier in this year, just because he didn't want to do like some of the head to heads. Like it's not that he's ducking the competition. He wants to save it for moments like this and, and it pays off and he's got, he tied his personal best. And we saw him do this again during the indoor season that, yeah, I hope Marvin Bracey packs the black Air Force Ones that he wore on the podium <laughs> at the World Indoor Championships because he could have a shot at the medals. Chris, I hear your thoughtful analysis, but I also just want to talk about Trey, who's a, a friend of the pod. Yeah, good friend. Sexiest voice in track and field. <laughs> I mean, he needs Caitlin, a podcast. Wh- what do you think? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that deep baritone voice has been in the gym. Y'all you don't get me caught up on this. And the voice. Listen, y'all gonna get me caught up on this good, fine, late evening. <laughs> <laughs> and I ain't trying to get caught up, but hey, but hey, it is, it is true. It is very true. This this podcast yeah. has gone deep way at, too late. We've, we've gone down the deep end. But yeah, another. We'll see everyone you. at the morning run. Yeah, we're seven hours away from the morning run. Oh, God. Uh, Thanks to everyone who has tuned in and made it this far into the podcast. Another episode of Champs Chats in the book. Uh, 
subscribe to the City Smack podcast for all these episodes. Tune in. <laughs> subscribe to the City Smack YouTube channel. I'm yada, getting yada, more yada. and more tired. All right, so here's my thought. There's th- our listeners. There's two types of listeners. We got first half listeners and we got second half listeners. You think someone just drops in the second I, half? I I think there are people who like During the ball the, that first half. You're grinding, and then the fun happens as we just completely oh go yeah. Off the oh deep end. They're here yeah. for the fun. And then there's other people who are just like, uh oh, here they go. <laughs> <laughs> the the wine kicked off. in. They're tired, and it's enough. So, it's something so to ask yourself as a listener: Which one are you? Are you a first or second half team? And if you're a second half, leave us a you know a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I'm if a you're second, I'm a second, second half, half. Person, they're definitely leaving the five star reviews <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. And yeah. we love you. You know what? Here's here's something I want to put out there for for listeners. If you've been enjoying these episodes. I want you guys to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts that says this podcast has been interesting. Because then that way we know that you guys have been specific listening to us. So I think that's the phrase that we've been throwing around this time around. We'll come up with something else tomorrow. But uh, thanks again to everyone who listened. Uh, We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Voice crack because it's one of our nerd child.